This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Welcome to episode one of Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. Before we begin, I'll give you a quick introduction to myself. I am a registered psychologist, as well as a registered organisational psychologist. I've been in practice for nearly 30 years. I'm also a registered clinical hypnotherapist, speaker, published author and media commentator. This podcast is about the new normal, life since coronavirus. I'll be covering firstly why managing our mental and psychological health matters now more than ever and how to manage yours, why staying productive is more critical now than ever and how to do this, and then helping to manage others, being compassionate and patient with others. First, let's take a step back. Change is the only constant in life on Earth. We just forget this. Many of us view change as a bad or negative thing, but change brings that new job, that new relationship, that new child. If we look at historical change, the Industrial Revolution back two centuries ago led to manufacturing. A good thing. The information revolution, the information age began in the 1940s, continues today and has brought so many good things into our lives. In the latter 20th century, globalisation and technology caused a rapidly accelerating pace of change. In the new 21st century, terrorism, climate change, natural disasters, constant change. From the mid-1990s, I conducted change management seminars throughout corporations and I spoke about the unprecedented trends in the Western world where we had by then moved from an age of duty to an age of rights. Everyone had rights. We became utter consumers even of happiness, of our rights for happiness. Globalisation dominated our lives. There was an accelerating pace of change. The nature of change had changed. The technological and social changes were unprecedented. There was increasing competition. There was breakdown of traditional structures. The job for life had gone. Marriage and family for life had gone. There was uncertainty, terrorism and war. Change went from being linear and predictable to coming in waves. People in their 50s, perhaps 40s, but certainly older, will remember the time when change was linear. We left school. We went to a job. We got married, we had children. Now these things reverse and waves continue of these changes. We need to become change masters. Change brings benefits and if we're change masters, we will gain the benefits of mental health, life management and success. There is a response model for change. At first, we go into shock, denial, pain, negativity, self-doubt, resistance. As we bottom out in that wave and start to climb to the next wave, we embrace change, new ideas, growth, the future. We search, we commit and we explore. Change management is self-management. This wave of change process is the same process each time we go through change. Each time we become more conscious of this wave of change, we get better at moving through the wave, we adapt faster, more easily each time. 
each time we can choose to stay in that negative phase of the wave for one moment, one day, one week, one month. I'll come back to how we manage ourselves later. While, of course, I'm not condoning the coronavirus, it is an opportunity to reset the balance in our lives. And I'm seeing this reset play out in people's lives in all kinds of ways. Before coronavirus, society was rushing forward. Think back. Our work hours were crazy. We had 24-hour days due to globalisation. Organisational contact was overwhelming people. International organisations were open for 24 hours a day. Addictions were escalating as people tried to compensate. Consumerism was through the roof. Greed, the emphasis of physical appearance, plastic surgery was rising. The me generation, the selfies, sounds like imbalance. When we look back, it looked like imbalance. We now have an opportunity to look at our work-life balance, to look at the balance of our lives, to look at ourselves as human beings, finally, not just human doings, to look at meaning, purpose, satisfaction. All of these things are being more heightened because of coronavirus. It's pushing us to balance our lives. Many people identified with their jobs, their careers, men perhaps in particular, about being providers as well as being what they were doing. It's an opportunity for all of us who were so overly identified in our jobs or careers to look at ourselves as human beings, to look at our identities afresh. It's an opportunity for people to get into art, creativity, cleaning out those cupboards, doing podcasts. Environmental changes seemingly are bringing more disasters, but perhaps even this is a positive in that it might help to wake us up to save the planet. But what about uncertainty, not knowing what the future holds? This is one of the greatest fears that most people have, the unknown. We tend to feel less agency, less power, less control. We don't know how to prepare, and particularly if we're focused on the external aspects of the uncertainty, the environment, instead of ourselves, we don't prepare well. The way we prepare best is to find the agency within ourselves, not our environment. There is a psychological construct known as intolerance of uncertainty. This intolerance brings negative reactions to uncertainty or ambiguity. The intolerance results from negative beliefs about uncertainty and its implications. People can believe a negative event occurring is unacceptable and threatening. This produces inability to cope with the ambiguity and the change. We tend to be overly oriented towards the future, to unforeseen events. This becomes cognitively troubling. Our behaviour becomes inhibited. Even the smallest doubt can stop us from acting and moving forward. We see this in ourselves, nervously venturing out of our homes during the coronavirus, at times when it is severe, during the peak of the pandemic. People diagnosed with depression and anxiety report substantially higher levels of this intolerance to uncertainty. So for these people, it's even more important that they're managing their mental health at this time. So let's talk about mental illness. Depression has escalated since this loss of normal, since coronavirus. By July 2020, calls to Lifeline increased by 60% with worse predicted to follow. Australia is one of the highest users of antidepressants. 
Australia has one of the highest rates of depression and suicide in the world. And yet, we are known as the lucky country. We have amazing natural resources, amazing lifestyles. Why are these rates so high? So let's talk about self-management of our mental and psychological health. The way we think strongly influences how we feel, our mood. When we have stress, anxiety or depression, our minds are typically operating like washing machines. It's called circuitous thinking. We think in circles, not necessarily on everything, but on certain problems. The treatments for anxiety and depression include thinking exercises that retrain our minds to process information, including change events and other unwanted events in a linear way. We learn how to get out of the washing machine. We learn how to ride the waves of change. In psychology, we advise people that they need to apply logic to the irrational thoughts that if we're looking at negative things in our lives, we also need to look at the potential positives or our view is unbalanced. Acceptance about what we can't change is an important life skill. Commitment to what we value, coming back to that as part of the change, is important as well. Digging deeper, searching wider for more understanding, acceptance, gratitude in our lives. These are important supports for mental health. We can boost our serotonin with healthy food. We can gain endorphins and perspective from exercise. Physical exercise really helps us to process stress and change. So does meditation, being in nature and relaxation. In times of change, we go through mental processes, such as I explained before with the wave of change. We also ask ourselves two questions. Firstly, can I do this? Secondly, Do I want to do this? In order to answer these questions, we draw back into our values and we need to find our strengths. A way to improve this is by finding role models. When we're using this kind of strategy, we firstly need to identify the qualities we want to develop more of or those strengths that I mentioned. Then we identify people who seem to display these qualities or strengths. These people can be in the public eye They can be fictitious, as in characters in a movie or a book. They can be people we know. Ideally, identify at least three people and select the best parts of each of them, and that way we're getting a deeper notion of the quality that we're trying to develop. Ponder on the cognition. That is the way these people must be thinking in order to produce the behaviour, the strength, the quality that they emulate. Again, it's the way we think that produces feelings and behaviours, qualities and strengths. We can even interview the people we know. We can search for interviews on the people we've selected in the public eye to work out the way they're thinking that's producing these behaviours. Try on the thoughts, act out on the thoughts and see how your behaviour changes. Even by doing this exercise and looking at people who achieve great things, such as elite athletes, survivors of disasters, all these people who are emulating these great qualities, they too battle negative things, demons, resistance and fear. And they are still able to achieve and show us how to work through these in order to achieve ourselves. Another great tip from psychology is about anger and frustration. In this time of coronavirus, many of us are feeling frustrated, even angry. The use of repressed anger is a major life skill. 
the repressing of anger can be related to depression. When we look at elite athletes, what is it on their face? It's anger. It's raw energy. They are drawing on this raw energy that sometimes we use for anger. We use also for great elite performance and achieving other enormous things, fighting through disasters and battles. Rather than repressing that energy, we need it. We need to use it to move forward. This raw strength helps people like cancer patients fight through to win the battle. They show us resilience. Resilience is created through adversity. So we are developing so much resilience through coronavirus. This again is a positive outcome of coronavirus, of change. We have so much more ability than we realise and than we use. And through this virus, we are finding that ability. I see the ability in people every day as a clinical hypnotherapist where people draw on their inner ability, strength, resilience and change their lives. These days, the psychology of our minds is critical. Think back to a major time in your life, a time of major change. How did you handle it? What strengths did you use? Did you become more resilient? Did you go on to become more engaged in your life, find more meaning? So how does change affect our happiness in this time of uncertainty? How can we be happy and engaged in meaningful lives with all this going on? I remember asking this at conferences back when the Twin Towers in the World Trade Centre were blown up on September 11, 2001. The world changed forever at that moment and the economic fallout was enormous. The unthinkable had happened. And here we are again, facing another global crisis. The World Happiness Report is an annual publication by the United Nations and the most recent report ranked Finland as the happiest country in the world for the third year in a row. Finland, then Denmark, Norway, then Iceland... These aren't countries we would necessarily think of first as the most happiest in the world. They are remote, cold and small. They lack the beautiful resources and beaches of Australia, the warm climate that one would associate most with happiness, and yet Australia is number 11 and the United States of America number 19. So why is Australia not one of the top happiest countries? One hypothesis is that it's the contrast between how lucky we are meant to be and are said to be versus how depressed some people feel and how they feel they shouldn't be depressed when everyone else seems so happy, the climate is so beautiful, compared to countries that are darker and colder. So what makes us happy? In the West, we tend to focus on the light rather than the dark things, the ephemeral the transitory things that can bring happiness as quickly as it fades. We tend not to look for meaning and deeper things in life, sometimes to a fault. We tend to have an aversion to thinking and talking about death, which sets us up for disappointment when disasters like coronavirus does happen. Disasters are part of life. Negative things are part of life. We tend to focus more on the external in the Western world rather than the internal. And these are things that the Eastern world teaches us. Research shows that what makes us happy does include being a wealthy democracy. 
that has a strong effect on our happiness. Avoiding negative experiences only has a moderate relationship with happiness. Being financially comfortable, yes. Being more financially comfortable, no. Staying healthy, subjective relationship with happiness, for some people, yes, for others, no. Obtaining more education, no, that doesn't make us happier. Moving to a sunnier climate, well, as we've already seen, no, that doesn't make us happier either. Using our strengths of character makes us happier. Courage, bravery, integrity, the love of self, duty, teamwork, leadership, spirituality and purpose, playfulness, gratitude, humour, love of learning, open-mindedness, practical intelligence, emotional intelligence, perspective and industry, humanity, love, justice, citizenship, loyalty, fairness, equity, humility, modesty, hope, optimism, forgiveness, zest and passion. So how do we create happiness? By using these strengths, we develop happiness. The stages of building happiness begin with using our strengths, as I mentioned, adding to that being and experiencing being in the flow, being engaged in something productive increases our happiness. And thirdly, being in the service of something beyond us ultimately improves our happiness. If we have the first, that is using our strengths, we have a pleasant life. If we add to this the second, we have an engaged life. And adding the third, being in service of something beyond us, we have a meaningful life. So what's the formula for happiness, ongoing happiness? Underpinning all of this is our belief system, what we value, what's meaningful to us and how we make sense of life, how we make the best of things. Of course, we change over the course of our lives, our strengths get stronger and we engage differently in work, family, study, community. We find new meanings. This involves ongoingly finding new balance in our lives. Balance is a constantly shifting equation. As I said earlier, thoughts predict feelings. Thoughts produce feelings. Feelings also produce thoughts. So now let's discuss why staying productive is more critical now than ever and how we can do this, be resourceful, think ahead of the pandemic as we are forced to think outside of traditional methodologies. Remember that happiness is about being engaged. This is how we stay productive. And this is how we'll stay happy through the coronavirus. It's how we feel the joy of being alive. Adding to this, being in the service of something beyond us brings that more meaningful life and happiness. These things keep us productive. Coronavirus has caused a disruption of flow, a need for us to be more conscious about what puts us in a state of flow, of engagement, of where we feel of service to something beyond us and how how life can be more meaningful now. We will never get these months or these years back again. And so being more conscious than we were before coronavirus about what makes us engaged gives us a state of flow, of joy of being alive, where we feel of service beyond ourselves is critical. We need to avoid regret of things not done during this time. 
as we become more conscious and even struggle with engagement and being of service, all of us at some point have our buttons pushed. Even top surgeons who consult me talk about having their buttons pushed, feeling insecure, feeling frustrated, feeling not good enough. And coronavirus is doing this to us as well. We are all feeling this. Things we can do is focus on what is known. Sure, there's a lot that is not known, but we have things we know that we can control or manage our mental health, our physical health, our family, friends, relationships, meditation, music, art, a hobby you love that you can do even inside, work, making a difference, finding meaning in your life and feeling the joy of being alive. The surge in the use of the word pivot is what I mean about productivity at this point. To be able to be productive, to flip the negativity to opportunity, to find a new balance. As I said before, if you used to identify with your job, you now can pivot and find a stronger sense of identity that you're in control of, that you can be certain of, that is more meaningful and more rewarding, that nothing and no one can take from you. We can expand our sense of awareness of self and identity. In this way, we can be productive. We can pivot. For those of us who have felt a great loss of balance during coronavirus, it's shown us that we've overly relied on some things and that it's time to prepare for this time as well as other potential crises to find a new balance, to surf this wave of change. Buddying up and brainstorming with friends and colleagues as to how to do this is helpful to most people. In helping our friends or colleagues, we can be aware of how our advice or findings could also apply to ourselves. When in need, always seek professional help. Lastly, let's talk about how to manage others, how to be more compassionate, patient with others. This is an opportunity to lean into all family relationships, to other close relationships. When have we ever before had such an opportunity to become more flexible in our thinking, to recalibrate the balance of our lives, to think about what matters most? And for most of us, it's close relationships that matter most. What matters most in your life? Even though some of these people may be at a distance, we can become closer through our intentions as we're needing to find more patience with ourselves and the world during coronavirus. This helps us to be more patient and understanding of others. As we're needing to find more gratitude for ourselves in our lives, we can be more grateful for these people who we love. And I'd like to finish with an exercise that I published in my first book, Life Works. I'd like you to think about your last birthday at 103. What or who are around you? What has been important? How have you spent your life as you look back from 103 to this day? What will be needed for you to feel the way you want to feel at 103 from this day on? Have you currently got any regrets? What was your sense of meaning of life 
by the age of 103? Is it in your life now? So, although coronavirus may be the latest global crisis, it certainly won't be the last. So the skills we're building in this time will help us with the future. If you are feeling that your mood is more than just a bad day, if you feel that you may be experiencing depression or anxiety at this time, seek help from a psychologist. Psychologists are essential workers working throughout even the peak times of coronavirus and have support processes and exercises, as I've alluded, to deal with mood disorders specifically and to help them heal. Most psychologists are offering telehealth and many psychologists are still operating face-to-face. So while feelings can change thoughts, thoughts very much change feelings. So if we can harness our thoughts and be conscious of the wave of change that we're all going through with coronavirus, we can move through this feeling better about this time and ourselves. So how do we go back from disruption into flow? We remember what we were engaged in, what did make us feel engaged and in the state of flow. We go back to that activity, back to being productive in that activity. And if that doesn't work, we need to move forward and find the next activity that brings that state of flow, that makes us feel engaged and makes us of service to something more, something beyond ourselves. The power of productivity is that it gives us something to focus on and have control over through this uncertain time and all the noise of coronavirus. One thing to remember about a global crisis is that we're all in this together, regardless of our position in society or in a family or in life. We're all experiencing the same uncertainty. In my private practice, what I'm noticing mostly is that the coronavirus is exacerbating problems in people's lives. It's making life harder, and that means we do need to seek help when necessary because we all are having to become more conscious of how to overcome the way coronavirus may make things harder and in what ways we can use the areas that we do feel productive and engaged in as ways of coping with coronavirus. This amplification of issues in some ways is a benefit from coronavirus, because people are presenting to psychologists to deal with issues that otherwise were being left, that have now come to the fore and are being dealt with and resolved. I'd like to end this podcast by reminding you that there are many strategies we can all use and that we especially need to use in difficult times like these. I've outlined just a few But seek a psychologist if you feel you want or need to obtain specific advice and help. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14, available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that you enjoy the others to follow. Please note any references to people, stories or scenarios mentioned in this podcast are an amalgamation of experiences. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.
To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes.